He does okay. a sick yeah, e-brake yeah. move, yeah. and I so was who's like, opening? Hey, are you going to screw up the opening? Never. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have a lot of three in you? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you real with yourself? Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief, a weekly Q&A show from Sandals Church with real answers to tough questions. I'm your host, Justin Party, hanging out here, of course, across the table from Stephanie Shaper. What's up, friends? And we got the man, Pastor Matt Brown, the PMB in the house. Oh, I got to tell you something funny. So I, I met, you know, our new youth pastor, uh, Justin Herman. Yeah. So he tweeted me his phone number. And so I texted him. I said, hey, this is PMB. And it, it, somebody sent me this, what do you call those, like the movie things where they- oh, a gif? A gif? A gif? Yeah, a gift. Uh, unclear. And it good. was this person was like, "Who dat?" And I just texted a random wrong person. I'm like, "This is PMB," and they were like, "Who dat?" I'm like, "Oops, wrong that, number." They sent you a gift though in response to just a stranger they didn't know. Yeah, it was like, "Who's this?" That yeah. is awesome. It was really funny. And I was just like, "Sorry." That is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, hey, if you uh, anybody, one of our loyal listeners, longtime friends of the show, if you want Pastor Matt's phone number, just shoot him a text, or I mean, shoot him a tweet, tweet, tweet at him. He's DMing his phone numbers to people <laughs> left and uh, to employees. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, I, don't so just get hired. I don't think I'm giving you my number. <laughs> you can apply Stephanie for a job at sandalschurch.com slash jobs. If yeah, you get hired, there's yeah, a chance. Stephanie <laughs> can have my number, but not party. <laughs> That's, well, fair enough. I don't want your 3 a.m. random questions texting me. Speaking of random questions, uh, I got one for you. This seems random except for the fact that you brought it up. This weekend in church during your sermon, we started a series called Baggage. Yes. And you told a little story about maybe not packing the right... Oh my gosh, I forgot yeah. about that. And thing. then you like teased, like, oh, I'm going to tell about this more in the debrief. Yeah. So we wrote oh, that down. It's so bad. Are you sure you want to hear what happened? Well, you said to the people, I don't yeah. I don't think I want to hear what happened, but I know that people want to hear what happened. I think the people are here because you yeah. promised... It, okay, this is a low moment. I just told Tammy, I, forever I'm going to win at Two Truths and a Lie. Like for, forever, <laughs> like I'm going to win at this game. We got to play a debrief round of two, a debrief version yeah. of two oh, truths, yes. the three of us sometime. So, and then I'll explain why I'm going to win that game forever at the end. So I showed up to swim at uh, um, swimming the athletic pool. club with, yes. with my buddy, Eric. Um, and I uh, accidentally packed the wrong baggage. I brought my wife's bikini bottoms, which were black. Okay. Right. I didn't like, you know, yeah, I, would think yeah, so. I mean, they were just black bikini bottoms yeah. and, you know, um, I didn't know this, but but they're stitched differently. Like they have different purposes. Sure. So, yes. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't understand that. You know, men's are made to keep things in. Women's don't have to do that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So it was very inappropriate, and my friend Eric was dying laughing. But so it's a half. The, the club's a half an hour from my house. So for me to go back home, get the proper equipment, and come back's an hour. Yeah. So uh, Eric hands me his underwear that he's worn <laughs> that day. Like oh, no. nice, warm. I was wondering what you did after discovering yeah. this. Yeah, so he, you I know, so I'm... a lot of guys wear like the, the leaker underwear now. So yeah. it, kind, it almost kind of looks like a midriff speedo. Yeah. So he hands me that. So I kept Tammy's bikini bottoms on, and then oh, I put okay, I put <laughs> his underwear over mine, and we swam. You're wearing two different people's two, underwear at this point. Yes, two different people's. So that's why I'm going to win two truths and a lie. I have at the same time wore my wife's bikini bottoms and a man's used underwear. So. So Man. that's what we did. I'm not kidding you. Because um, I'm, I'm a determined swimmer. Do you think they helped your workout? Like, are you it was get, horrible. Oh. Every time I hit the wall, they would they, they yeah, would go down. they're not made to stay up. Yeah, do, you do, one of, stay. do you do one of those underwater, like Michael flip Phelps turn? flip? Yeah, hooks? so I would have to flip turn and then grab my shorts. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't want them to go down. So it was hilarious. So my time was a little slower than normal. I want to get just... Uh, Maybe they listen, gave you a good drag. Maybe it was it helped your workout. That's what yeah. I'm, it was so like I'm swimming. Thinking, it was like yeah. swimming with a parachute. I'm not an Iron Man, but I think you should consider making this a part of your regular training regimen because no. then when you get out there in the ocean and you swim in just yeah. your Unless regular... Unless you're training thing, it too much woo. and then you're only used to wearing bikini yeah. bottoms and underwear. Well, she, you're going to relate to this because you're a swimmer. Mm -hmm. But like lap 40, I'm cramping in weird places. Like my, my left <laughs> well, yeah, foot... You're, you're because not, I'm twisting. Yeah. I'm making an unusual... Yeah. So my like my left foot is cramping. Have you ever had a toe cramp when you swim? Oh yeah, it's worse. horrible. Like it, you could drown. It's that bad. You're mm -hmm. just like, Ugh. so uh, I had like major toe cramps, and uh, and um, I only finished like 72 laps yeah. instead well, of 80. With that number of turns, trying to hold your underwear oh, the dude. whole time, it was literally not a your underwear, underwear technically. Mm -hmm. yeah. but. well, we're praying for you. Yeah, we're praying for you. Yeah. Keep so okay, so the the guy in my small group, Eric, he always feels like I exaggerate stories. 
<laughs> and, and he's like, dude, I don't believe, now I believe, he's like, he's a believer now because he actually experienced one of the Matt Brown moments. Yeah. That's going to be a book that, that only Matt Brown moments. Things that only happen to Matt Brown. Mm. <laughs> and it's just, it's just Could true. that be like a little, what about one of those daily calendars? I know we don't, those aren't as popular as they used to be when I was mm-hmm. a kid. We can a bring little, them back. Yeah, just a little tear off daily mm-hmm. calendar. Each one, it's. Okay, so another Matt Brown moment. It's because my, my family, you know, they're not always with me. So we're, we're at the beach. There's literally thousands of people on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I'm there with Tammy and we're hanging out. And this, you know, you wearing your own suit this time. I'm wearing my own. I'm wearing okay. my. That's good. My swimsuit. Mm. We're on the beach, and this lady starts walking over, and you could tell she's special. Let's okay. just say that. But there's, there's literally, there's hundreds of opportunities for her to go talk to. She comes right up to me. She hands me food to feed to the birds because they're starving. But then she says, "I don't want my daughter to see me." give you this food because she hates when I do this. So she turns around, not facing me, and covertly passes me the food to feed to the birds that are not around us. There's no birds around They're us. They're too I, hungry to make it And there, my you. wife goes, only you. <laughs> and I, I'm like, only, so now I have like these Ritz crackers and like stale French fries in my hand to feed to birds that aren't there. And I tell my wife, I said, see, see, it's, look, look at all the people she could have come up to, but it's me. The question I have for you is, are you a man of integrity and did you find some birds to yeah. feed? I did, did the look, birds I did look for birds, but ultimately I gave up the quest and threw them in the trash can. I was going to say, just throw, maybe throw them to the sky. Just throw, chuck them at the air. Yeah. This lady had a bird you with her birds. at the beach. She brought a bird to the beach oh, in its like cage. In ca- mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought, man, that's a special husband that literally tracks a bird cage down to the beach. So... Yeah, it was crazy. Not a bird person, Sp- speaking so of um, tracking, you- like, well, pulling a birdcage to the beach, we're we're gonna be talking about like judgment, eternal judgment, <laughs> yeah. purgatory, uh, all kinds of other horrible things, kind of not great things. It's, <laughs> well, it's good for me and Stephanie. It's gonna be rough for you. Well, yeah. you know what? We're not worried. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get right into all of that kind of good stuff today. We got a lot of mm-hmm. that's right because over be- the next five weeks here at Samuel Church, we are talking about baggage. Yes, and yep. so here on the debrief, we're gonna get into that. So this week, we're talking about confession, judgment. Actually, over the next. Five weeks, we're going to dedicate each week to a specific topic, yes. which we're already getting questions on. Things like exhaustion and burnout, mm-hmm. anger, relationships, and all sorts of bro- broken relationship baggage, and guilt and shame and all those sorts of things. So if you've got questions on those topics as we walk through this baggage series, send them in. We want to get them on the show because we're going to be talking about all sorts of things related to baggage. But for now, let's dive into the fun, light topic yes, of confession uh, and ooh, Confession, yes. Yeah. The first question we got this week comes from Alex, who says, how are you defining baggage in the context of this particular series? I might have got this wrong, but it seemed like you defined it as sin, but I've always thought of baggage as emotional ties to my past. Yeah, it's both. Okay. So um, so Hebrews uh, 12, 1 and 2, let us lay aside the sin that so easily encumbers us and anything else that slows us down. So uh, most of our baggage is things that's slowing us down, that's preventing us from moving forward in a relationship with Christ. So he's exactly right. For some of us, there's there's some sin there. So, um, and again, we don't define sin correctly because when I say sin, what what word do you comes to your guys' minds? If I say sin, like this guy's sinning, what what, what word? What's another word that you would use? To I hear, I think of wrong, like doing okay. something yeah. wrong. Uh, maybe or, a little darker. Oh, uh, evil, evil, evil. Yeah. right? So I think most people define it as wrong, which is correct, or evil. The actual word means missing the miss of perfection. So mm-hmm. missing the bullseye. It's an archery term. So that's what it means. So, so some sin, and so uh, you know, if you didn't grow up Catholic, you, you weren't taught this. The difference between venial sins and different sins, and so the Catholic Church is divided, you know, sins that lead unto death, and then sins that are, you know, not, not that that bad. So it's basically how far from the bullseye are you? As evangelicals, we're really uncomfortable with that. And so let me just say this: many of you are going to be very uncomfortable with maybe some of the things that we talk about on this, because here's what happens. No matter where you grew up, if you grew up Catholic, you grew up Orthodox, you grew up Baptist, Calvary Chapel, there's pressure on the preacher. Uh, and every pastor feels this, whether whether they will ever admit it or not, and that's to preach to the choir. So right, we all have kind of our theological lanes that we have to stay in. And if we question that lane, you get fired, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and so that's the problem. And so we just need to understand that um, evangelicals, uh, which is what we are at Sandals, we make up about maybe, I don't know, 300 million of the Christians mm-hmm. on earth, but there's you know several billion Christians. So we are a minority of thinking within the context of, of global Christianity. And so uh, what most evangelicals do is we describe ourselves as the true church and everyone else as a fault. And I just think that that's weak sauce. Yeah. So what we need to look at is the 2000 years of history and how has the church historically understood um, 
you know, that. And so um, in our evangelical, uh, you know, tradition, we come from a tradition that says uh, sola scriptura, which is scripture and scripture alone. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we divorce ourselves from tradition. And that's dangerous because you need to, you need to not pretend that, that there haven't been other people who've been thinking about this for, Mm -hmm. you know, until the Reformation, 1500 years, right? People have been studying their whole life. And so to, to take a blind eye to that, I think is very, very dangerous. Now, ultimately, scripture is the authority, but we need to look at how have people, you know, classically looked at this issue um, that we're gonna talk about. And so I think the beauty of sandals is, right, our vision is to be real. So what we wanna do is, is we wanna be real about the day of judgment. We, we want, what, what does that mean for the non-Christian? What does that mean for the Christian? Mm-hmm. What, what is it going to be like for us? Uh, because a lot of evangelicals, Protestants, have intentionally remained ignorant and we'll talk about why that is to, to the issue of judgment. So, so sin, right? So baggage is some of our sin. It's 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 some of this dark stuff that we're we're carrying around. Um, um, but but for some of us, you know, this this week, you know, it's a little lighter. But but it still really affects us and can lead to sin. So Hebrews 12, 1 and two. That's kind of our theme verse for this series. Let us lay aside everything. So unpack everything that sin that wraps us up and the things that slow us down. And so our past, right? Um, that was actually one of the weeks that I was going to do is talking about um, uh, previous trips. So our baggage, mm-hmm. places that we've been before, but you know, we, I thought we had six weeks, but we're only five weeks in this series. So that, that one got kicked. So I'll try to uh, introduce that into um, that. But for a lot of us, our past does slow us down. Mm-hmm. Things that have happened, you know, encounters we've made, you know, and, and it's not just our past, but it's our interpretation of our past. Um, right, it's, it's not the events in our life that destroy us, it's the meaning that we attach to them. And that's why it's so important that you help, like if you're raising kids, you help talk them through what this means um, because something bad's ha- happened to them. And um, especially with areas of, of abuse, like this, something bad has happened to you, but this is not who you are, mm-hmm. right? So they attach meaning, there must be something wrong with me. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's something wrong with this person that's done this to you. Mm-hmm. This is not about you. So um, so yeah, baggage, a lot of that is, is our past. So a lot of it's relational baggage, which we are going to deal with in this series uh, certainly, and so just be thinking about that. If you're a single person, every person that you're dating that's not your spouse is baggage. It is, and yeah. it's there, and that's why I've really, really encouraged my kids to really, really not date a lot of people. To be really, really picky because man, it it, it adds up mm-hmm. and it and it confuses you. And so, um, like whenever I'm having uh, difficulty with my wife, my wife's baggage is every man who's been in her life. That's not just boyfriends. Right. It's her dad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her mom's husband. It's my dad, right? It's every male authority and her fears that I'm going to be one of those people. Mm. We, that's that's her baggage, and that's that's a part of that. And so, uh, oftentimes, I get frustrated because uh, you know I'm being judged because of how someone else has behaved. And so we have to work through that. But then I, you know, my baggage is right. All of our baggage is is that we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and we don't see ourselves accurately. So I have to go. Okay, wait a minute. Right? Jesus says, first look at yourself. You know, before I help Tammy with her baggage, I need to look at my baggage. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, is she is what she's saying true? Um, because I have my my own baggage that, that I have to deal with, and right, you know, Tammy and I we get to live this glorious life together with the baggage <laughs> that we've brought. So, um, so he's right, but it's both. It's mm-hmm. sin and it's just your past. Yeah. So, um, so just understand that, um, you know, sin has not been properly explained, um, you know, to us. And um, uh, I think I have in my notes the passage. Uh, look it up. It's First John, sorry, uh, that specifically talks about the different types of sins. So let me, let me pull it up real quick. Here we go. Yes. So um, ask me another question while I'm looking for this. Okay. So on kind of that topic of judgment, you talked about even like pastors preaching to the choir. Tiffany said in a question and said, you talk about God judging what we pack, but I've heard messages from pastors that tell the story of a God of grace and unconditional love that totally skim over the part about a God of justice. What, why is it important that we kind of talk about both sides of the story? Yeah, there? absolutely. That's a great question. So the verse is 1 John 5, 16, and 17 that talks about um, different sins. Uh, so anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. But to those that commit sins that do not lead to death, there are sins that lead to death. And I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there are sins that lead to death. And so the problem is John doesn't tell us what those sins are, mm-hmm. right? We don't we don't know. Um and so like one of the things that I hear Christians say, and I think they mean well, but they say all sin is the same. Well, it's not the same, you know? And so, you know, sometimes Jesus says things to make a point. Anyone who looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery in her heart. Well, if I have to choose between you looking at my wife with lust and you having sex with my wife, I'm going to choose 
that you look at her with lust and you talk to God about that on judgment day. Why? Because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Sure. There is a difference. Yeah. And so, right, Jesus is speaking in hyperbole to make a point. Yeah. Like we're all guilty of this and we're all, you know, um, many of us fantasizing about doing what we're condemning somebody else for. So so we need to look at that. And so Christians Christians say really dumb things. And, and that, that, that's what I encourage you. If you wanna lead your friend to Christ, stop saying dumb things because that, that's just stupid, right? Lying is not the same as killing, mm-hmm. you know? Killing one person is not the same as genocide. It's yeah. not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, contemplating abortion is not the same of, as going through it. So you, you've got, as Christians, we've got to be reasonable. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I think Christianity spread like wildfire. That's bad to say right now in California. Uh, that's one of the things why, you know, Christianity spread so well uh, <laughs> is because it was reasonable. It mm-hmm. made sense. And a lot of things that Christians say just don't make sense. So- all right, so Tiffany's question again. Yes. Or you feel so like how gonna... do you balance, you know, the stories of like God is loving, He loves us unconditionally, He's great, like He's full of grace, but also God is a God of justice. How do we balance that? Then when we're looking at unpacking yeah. our baggage. So I, I think every generation has its own sins, and mm-hmm. so that's the problem. So in the 1960s, I think the sin of the church was God was this cruel, kind of like your picture of God, right? Yeah. He's just this this not nice grandpa in heaven who's just looking to smite you, right? That's not God. So so what happens? Uh, Billy Graham really changed the the the, uh, the narrative. God's a God of love, yeah. right? And God loves you, and He wants the best for you. John three sixteen. For so God so loved the world. So Billy Graham begins this revival of the love of God. Well, the problem is we needed to understand the love of God, and and I, I'm grateful for Billy Graham's bringing that. But what we did is we completely moved over, and that's often what you know human beings do is there's a problem and we overreact. And, and, and we forget the wisdom of why we were doing what we were doing before. So we've we've moved all into the camp that God is love. And so what that means is that he's not a God of justice, that uh, that there is no wrath, that there is no judgment. And that's, that's insane. The whole Bible speaks to that. I mean, everywhere in your Bible, when you read the day, the great day of the Lord, um, the day that is coming, mm-hmm. that's, that's judgment. It's all talking about, we're all gonna stand before the throne of God and be held accountable for who we are. And so we need to understand that. And so, um, you know, for the Christian, we, we really, really got to wrestle with what does the day of judgment look for me? A lot of Christians have been taught that there there is no judgment mm-hmm. on, on that day, that there's a, all their sins have been wiped away, like everything has been completely forgiven. And it has in the context of the wages of sin is death, right? Eternal death. Jesus Christ has given you the gift of eternal life, and this is not from yourself. So God has given you the gift of eternal life, but you're still gonna stand before God and be held accountable for how you lived. And so we'll talk about why I think evangelicals turn themselves into pretzels. I mean, that's Christians. When I say evangelical, I mean Christian churches that are like sandals. Mm -hmm. So uh, locally, evangelical churches would be Harvest, The Grove, Sandals, the Rock. What are some other big churches? Uh, crossroads. Cro- crossroads mm-hmm. um, you know, big, big churches. You know, that fit under the realm. And so, what that means is we have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, you know, you could move freely in between the churches that I just mentioned, and there are some slight differences, but not major differences. But a lot, and a lot of pastors have just not actually thought about it and, and wrestled with some of the, the verses that we're going to talk about. And it's not one verse; mm-hmm. it's a lot yeah. of verses that talk about. You know, so many parables of Jesus talks about servants, the vine owner, uh, the king returning to his people, and they did not handle things correctly, and it's rough, mm-hmm. and we need to be ready uh, for those days. And so what what Christians assume is that because of the cross, we're excused mm-hmm. from that day of judgment. Well, the reality is we've been grafted in, you know, with the people of God through faith in Christ, and now we're going to be held accountable for what did we do and it, you know, it boggles my mind. You know, a lot of people have this socialist kind of communist idea, right, of, of heaven where it's all equal and it's all the same. And I would just say to you, um, most of our church doesn't tithe. Most of our church doesn't serve. Most of our church does not sacrifice anything for the Lord. And so, okay, so you and I, just your average Joe listener, you and I are going to stand before God. T- T- Tammy and I have almost wrecked our lives multiple times, multiple times for this church. So, so, so you and I are, I mean, I, I, I've said no to my family. I've said no to my wife. I've said no to career opportunity. I, I've said no, 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 because I know God's going to reward me for those things. And I've not 
I'm not even saying that I'm the best. There are people that have sacrificed way more than me, right. done way more than me. The Apostle Paul said no to a wife, no to kids, right? No, no to, to so many things so that people could become saved. And, and Paul should be rewarded for that because he endured such great suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, we, and I think all of us can say, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Look at what this guy's done uh, so that people could be saved and have the free gift of eternal life. But how you spend eternal life, I think the Bible is clear is based upon how you spent your earthly life. So then kind of on the flip side of that, on that whole process of being held accountable as believers, what exactly does that look like practically? We got a question on that. Okay. So if we've like confessed and asked for forgiveness, are we still held accountable for those sins or how would, how no, does no, that no. work practically? No, no, no. So that's where I, I think 1 John 1, 9 is so important for the believers. So 1 John 1, 9 and 10, right? John's writing to believers. Uh, if we say we have no sin, uh, we are calling God, God a liar and the truth is not in us. I mean, it's, it's really, really rough. So we're all wrestling with sin. So what we want to do is literally deal with that. I was sharing with you guys before the show that I had to have a meeting with a staff member where they confronted me on something that I had done um, over uh, over vacation. And I was like, oh man. And I literally said these words. I said, that's sin. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I joked with you guys. It's like, how many more times am I going to have to say that? Well, mm-hmm. probably quite a few more times. Right. And most people don't ever say that because they don't rightly see themselves. They don't understand what sin is and they don't see the damage that it does to people. And so here's the amazing thing. That person in our church texted me like an hour after a meeting and said, I totally love you. I'm so thankful because I owned it. I'm like, dude, man, that was so wrong. I'm so sorry. I feel so terrible that I did that. And uh, most people are defensive and well, what I meant was, and mm-hmm. no, that's just, that's just wrong. I'm totally sorry. And, and we need to own that. So first John 1, 9, you know, if, if we say we have no sin, right, um, we're calling God a liar and the truth is not in us. First John um, one ten. If we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, so the Christian is saved by grace through faith, right? And that has nothing to do with works. But right, Paul, the same guy who says that, says, "Work out your fa- your 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 uh, faith with fear and trembling. Your salvation with fear and trembling." And so we need to we need to remain. Okay, God, you take sin very seriously. Uh, and if you don't believe that, then you don't believe in the cross. Mm-hmm. The cross tells us how seriously God takes sin. He punished his own son on the cross. And so when that crops up in our lives, we have to deal with it and we have to confess it. And I think confession on a regular basis um, demonstrates a healthy understanding of yourself and of God. And, um, and and that's the beauty. We should run to confession. Oh my gosh, um, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. And, and we confess that and we move on. And so I don't believe that we will stand before God and be held accountable for confessed sin. Because what is a confession? A true confession is that was wrong. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to turn. I right. think that's a victory. That's a win. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I think God our Father loves that when his children repent from sins and turn to righteousness. He, he loves that. And he's going to reward that because we're now living rightly. That's what righteousness means. We're, we're, we're living rightly. And so, um, like I said, um, not every... Uh, every pastor is going to agree with what I'm saying, and, and we'll talk about why, um, you know, as we get into First uh, Corinthians three five and, and what they have to do with the word that's translated judgment. So I don't know if that's a that's a question, but well, let's talk about that really quick. Can you define these two terms of justification and sanctification in the context of what they mean for like pastors and stuff? I think based on what you just said, it could be helpful to have that distinction for some people in our audience who maybe haven't heard those terms. Yeah, so, so justification is is the work of what Jesus Christ in the cross. Like I am justified before God. I, I I'm cleansed and I'm forgiven of my sins. And um, man, my relationship with God is good. However, as a Christian, I can grieve my relationship with God. The Apostle mm-hmm. Paul says, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which resides inside you." And so we can do things that that literally wound our relationship with God, and that is called sin. Um, and so. We wound the spirit of God in one of two ways, and that is sinning against God's word or sinning against people. Mm-hmm. Both of those things, or ourselves, right? Doing things that we know are not good for ourselves, and we grieve. We grieve that. Like I'm a parent. Like you guys are all parents now, and um, uh, you know how badly it hurts you uh, because a, a parent that loves their child hates sin, not just because sin is randomly evil, but because of what it ultimately will do to the child. Mm -hmm. And you care deeply for that kid. And so I think the motivation of God for the child of God is not just that you would hate evil, but that you would hate it and hate what it does to you. Mm -hmm. It destroys you, it hurts you, it wounds you, it it wrecks you. Um, And and so we we want to agree with God on that. 
Um, sin is not just sin because God arbitrarily just, you know, picked out of a hat. These things are good and these things are bad. Sin is bad because it's bad. It, it, that's what it does to you. This is how it wounds you. Sin always leads to death. That's what the Bible says, always. Death to a relationship, death to a career, death to uh, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, uh, and then ultimately, right, death, I mean, right, eternal death. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just the reality. So justification is the act of what Christ did for us on the cross. It is finished, he said. So that's the thing that says when you stand before God, you're invited into heaven to the gates of the heavenly city or whatever yeah, it's called, you, right? You are, you are saved. You are saved to eternal life, right? Okay. Um, That's we've called out to God. We, we, it's, that work is finished. Um, what we're talking about today is the, um, um, so there's, there's two words. Paul uses in Romans 8, 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of Christians never ever think about what that word means. Um, so when I ask most Christians, I say, what does the word condemned mean? Immediately they say judged. No, because if you're if you're if you're on trial for murder, right? You can get the death penalty. You can get life in prison. Uh, there's multiple levels of judgment that you can face. The only level of judgment that leads to death is condemnation. You are condemned. You are condemned. You, 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 right? You, mm -hmm. Eternal death. And so um, this is what the Bible calls the second death. Right? Um, um, it's it's the eternal separation from God. And man, that's a whole nother debrief talking about what that means. Is it annihilation? Is it suffering forever? That's, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. What I would just say is it's not good. You don't want to go there. So, right. you know, um, just, just don't, don't go there. Um, so, so that, that's, that's what we're saved from. We are saved from eternal death to eternal life. Um, but we, we just don't know. We don't know everything. And, and let me just say this. Anytime Christians try to define the mystery of God, the mystery of salvation. Whenever we press too deeply into mystery, we don't arrive at clarity. We we come up with heresy. That's what happens. So, Dude. so, so, just know that we're trying we're trying to unpack the mystery of God. So, as I become a Christian and I dive deeply into Christian mystery, if I'm not careful, my clarity I'm I'm going to arrive at heresy, yeah. not clarity. And so, just know that 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 is where uh, just that's why we have all these denominations, all these different churches is because man they've tried to make the bible math you know and and it's just it's it's not it's not a mathematical book or a science book right these guys are trying to reveal the mystery of god and so what we know is this we are separated from god by sin the only way to be right with god is through jesus christ but then they then we argue and we go into camps about what that's like it's like oh my gosh man it's a mystery and and we're gonna understand that on the other side, but on this side, we just need to embrace it. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. That that right, whether it's all God or or you have a part in it, man. My job is to announce you can be saved. Confess your sins to God and believe in the Lord mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And all these churches want to fight about how that happens. I'm like, good Lord, <laughs> you know, um, I, I you know. In times, who cares how the Titanic sinks? My, sinks. My job is to get you on the life raft, and his name is Jesus. And so that's what we're trying to do as a church: mm -hmm. is not major in the minors, but major in, in the fundamentals. But one of the fundamentals is is Christians are living in ignorance, and they are. There is a lot of people that are not ready for the day of judgment, and so um, we need to talk about some of those passages specifically. But um, you know, yeah. any other thoughts? No, that's I'll good. Just, I have a clarifying question. Uh, somebody actually wrote in and asked, what does then true confession look like? As a born-again Christian, I feel like I have a lot of confessing to do for the years of my life before I came to Christ. How should I confess the sins of my past versus my present day sins? Yeah, so all, all, all of your past sins are, are forgiven, done away with. Now, I think there's health in, in walking through that, maybe with a counselor, maybe with a pastor or a good friend, and just say, hey, these things are are really, really holding me down. But um some of our some of our baggage is is simply it's our past, and we need. You've to talked about even personally how you've gone yeah. back and like the apology tour. Yeah, the apology tour or whatever. Mm -hmm. How you've tried to make. Yeah. That so when I went to my ten year high school reunion, which is the only reunion I went to, uh, I called it the apology tour, <laughs> and um, that was as much for their souls as it was my own. Right. That's and what I so saying. so it wasn't just you know literally um, my own worries about you know you know, is this right or not? But I'm worried about them because I now represent Christ. Mm -hmm. I, I now represent, you know, what it means to be a Christian. And so I want them to know that I recognize that I wasn't who I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my girlfriend that I had before Tammy, with Tammy's permission, I said, I need to send, I need to send her 
you know, um, a note. And in the old days, it would have been a letter, but I said, I'm going to send a Facebook message. You can read it. You can follow the correspondence. But I just want to make sure that my behavior towards her as a non-Christian uh, does not keep her from pursuing her relationship with Christ. And so I wrote a letter and I, I literally just asked for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I did not treat you the way that God says that you should be treated. And I'm terribly sorry. And I would hope that nothing I would do had to have done would keep you from what God wants to do in your life. And it's my prayer that, you know, you continue to pursue God and connect with God. And, you know, she sent a note back and said, you know, thanks. Thanks so much. It means a lot. And I have a great relationship with God. And and I was like, okay, I don't need to pursue that any, any further. Mm -hmm. uh, I just need to apologize for, you know, some of the things that I have done. So um, for me, the apology tour had nothing to do with me confessing that so that I could be right with God. It was so that I could be right with people mm -hmm. um, because I want them to be right with God. And if they hear, oh, Matt's a pastor, that guy's an idiot, you know, well, he was, so, and still <laughs> is in many ways. But I wanted them to know that, you know, you know that I was changed. Um, and, and let me say, you need to use discernment because sometimes you've hurt some people so badly, trying to go back and write it could make it worse. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have, you know, discernment about, okay, um, you know, Lord, I'd really like to go back in my past, but that relationship was so abusive, so ugly. Me merely popping up in their life again could bring, you know, great harm. And so mm -hmm. I don't didn't feel like I was that bad to anybody. So I felt like, I, you know, I could say, hey, I'm really sorry. And it was amazing at um, my high school reunion how some people had really received me well and had good memories of me. And then those who didn't you know, gave me forgiveness. It was, it was bizarre. You know, we just don't live in a culture where people say, hey, would you forgive me for what I did? Mm -hmm. And, and some of the people that I had great conflict with and then wanted to talk about sandals and the church and what we're doing. And, um, and, it, and it, was, it was great. It was really, really great. Um, so, hmm. you know, that, that, that's what I would encourage you. So, right, we are forgiven of our sins by Christ. What I'm talking about is how are you living? You know, um, we're not talking about salvation. You are saved by grace through faith alone. And this is not of yourselves, lest no one should boast. We're talking about, on the day of judgment, as a child of God, you are a child of God. You cannot be separated from God because of the love of Christ Jesus. But as a loving father, right, he is going to judge you for how you lived. And the process of sanctification, right, like a lot of people think, right, at the moment of death, right, God snaps his fingers, boom, and we are instantly like 100% like Christ. And Paul specifically talks about... Um, in 1 Corinthians 3.15, he says, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hair, straw, each one's work will become manifest. That's a big word. Mm -hmm. um, it'll become apparent for the day. We'll disclose it. He's talking about the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Because it will be revealed by fire, the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive reward. He's talking about the day of judgment. These are for Christians. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved. Hmm. This, like, that's good news. Here's the scary news. But only as through fire. Mm -hmm. Like we are going to stand before the God who is a consuming fire. And one of the ways you need to look at that is like the sin that is still in me, right? Christ has forgiven me. Maybe it needs to be burned out. And so that's mm -hmm. where Catholics, right, started to come up with this idea of this place where you you burn out your sins. And mm -hmm. so I think modern Catholics, Pope John Paul was the first Catholic Pope to publicly say, well, it's not really a place, it's a it's a process of sanctification. Yeah. It's this process of like, there's some things in me that need to die uh, that are not just in my flesh, they're in my soul yeah. that need to die before I enter into, you know, who who's got who, you know, whoever God is. And and some of the things that I thought were really good weren't. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that I know are really bad and, and those things need to go. Mm -hmm. But um, th this is the primary verse, you know, from the Christian Bible where Catholics build the idea of purgatory, purgatory which really isn't a place. It's a purging. Mm -hmm. That's where the word comes from. I'm, I'm, I'm purging these things out of me. I'm, I'm getting rid of this. And so um, I'm going to stand before God. I'm, I'm saved. That's what Paul says, but only as through fire. And so... Um, that's just really, really, you know, important for us to understand. Mm -hmm. um, the other verse, though, uh, the big one is 2 Corinthians 5.10. We must all, and the most important thing there for Christians is the word we, we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this body. Mm -hmm. So here's where um, 
a lot of pastors do a backflip. So the word is bimas, which is, I think should be translated judgment seat. But some Christian pastors to avoid this um, idea that we're gonna stand before God and be judged, they turn it into like an Olympic uh, uh, podium where oh, okay. um, awards are passed out. Mm. And so, you know, you get the gold medal, you get the silver medal, you know, I get the bronze medal, but uh, so-and-so was disqualified, so they don't get any medals. So they turn it into, it's simply the loss of rewards. But if you listen to what he says, he says, we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done. Mm-hmm. So there's there's not just medals for winning. Yeah. <laughs> there's an award for sinning. <laughs> so, so that's the problem with, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna turn the Bema seat into you know, the Olympic medal stand, like, what does that mean for like all the evil? Nobody gets, nobody gets smacked at the Olympics, right? <laughs> you know, hey, you came in eighth, whack. Hey, you were disqualified, whack, right? Yeah. And so, um, so, so that's what I'm saying is, d- don't, don't respond to me and say, well, Matt Brown is teaching. I'm simply telling you what the Bible says. And what mm-hmm. I'm saying is, I don't know exactly what this means, but the verse still stands. And it's not just this verse, it's over and over and over again, we are saved by grace through faith. We can't earn our salvation, whatever, but the baggage we bring with us on judgment day, right? Not forgiving one another, not being generous, not serving. Like read the parable of the talents, read what Jesus says. He's talking about the final day. We are not ready. And you got all these Christians who think they're good. Um, and so let me let me go in my Bible because I'm really gonna freak you guys out. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm so into this. Yeah, no, this, this this is, man, this is crazy. Because a lot of people, like you're gonna look at 2 Corinthians 5.10 and you're gonna say, well, it means rewards, right? Well, well, let me let me read it to you. Uh, for we must all stand before the judgment of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or worthless. Very next verse. Therefore, because we know the fear of the Lord, we seek to persuade people we are completely open before God. And I hope we are completely open to your consciences as well. Hmm. The very next verse is about the fear of God. And this is what we, we all talk about the love of God. Nobody, nobody knows what to do with the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's just interesting. My kids know that I love them, but they also fear me. They have a health, my adult children, 22, almost 22 and 21, they know because I represent God to them. I'm God in their life. And that's why so many people who have a tweaked dad have a hard time with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to have a healthy fear of God and know that man, um, right? And think about how beneficial that is if I'm struggling with porn. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Oh, you know, God's gonna totally forgive you and da 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 that, that That's great. But also knowing that man, God's forgiven me, God's blessed me, and he's called me to look at women uh, as my sister and men as my brothers, and I'm objectifying them and using them for my sexual gratification. As a Christian, God's gonna deal with that. Mm. Like God's gonna deal with that. You're saved, you are saved, but judgment day, right? So remember what John says. John says, and now dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Yeah, mm. there's going to be Christians on the day of judgment afraid of God. that are very afraid of God, because at the moment he's returned, there. I mean, think about it. There, some of us are going to be in the act of sin, in the in the act, in that moment, and we we know Christ. We 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 claim to love Christ. We're claiming to live for Christ, and so it, it's not an issue of salvation, right? You've been transferred from darkness to light. You're saved. I'm not. I'm not calling into question your salvation. I'm just saying you're going to stand for, for a holy God. I remember one time in our church, this is about 10 years ago, I had a woman in our church who was going to uh, leave her terminally ill husband mm-hmm. for another man. And I said, God will not honor your decision. And this is what she said to me. She says, I know God will forgive me because he has to, because he loves me. She was taking the love of God and the grace of God mm-hmm. and manipulate, and, and she believed in her heart she could manipulate God. And I said, it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. There are not going to be people on judgment day that say, but you said, mm-hmm. the books will be opened. 
and everything that we've done will stand open before God. And, and God is righteous and just. No one's gonna argue. Like, right, yeah. think about uh, decisions nowadays. There's always, uh, even a Supreme Court decision, right? Yeah, there's those that are split. for <laughs> yeah. and those that are against. The dissent, there's going to be no dissent mm -hmm. on the day of judgment. No one will say, oh, because God's judgment is perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if you think about the famous preacher, Charles Spurgeon, uh, some of you have never heard of him. He is uh, one of the leaders of the great revival in England. And his mother, because he was an unrepentant young man living for himself like a lot of young men do, this is what she said. She told her son, think about this moms. She said, on the day of judgment, as the Lord pronounces your guilt and casts you into hell, his mother said this, I will stand next to the throne of Christ shouting, amen, amen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you imagine? And it's not that she didn't love her son. It's just that no, no one is going to stand with their child. No one is going to stand with their spouse. We're all going to stand with God because it's right. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, everything is going to be laid bare. And so, you know, you and I were talking before the show, um, you know, for everybody out there who Googles things that you shouldn't Google and you look at things that you shouldn't look at, like Google's keeping an account. Mm -hmm. It's all there. Facebook is, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you can comment more on Facebook this. Facebook knows yeah. that I have a kid because everything I Google is, how can a one month old do this? Does a one month, yeah. how much does a month month old yeah. be? Yeah. Like yeah. talk to that just about. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. My, I mean, you're, whoever has your cell phone, they know what websites you go to, whoever provides your internet at home, mm -hmm. there's a record of that. And they sell those to other people, oh, I mean, yeah. to other companies. Uh, right. For, okay. And so is God more powerful than Verizon? Yes uh, or no? Yeah. Is yes. God more powerful than Google? Yes or no? Yeah. I mean, is God more powerful than Facebook? Yes or no? Yeah, he has a record. Mm -hmm. It's called, literally, it's called the book, right? The books will be opened. The computer date, you know, if, if the Bible was written nowadays, it would say- uh, the Your browser history. Yeah, your browser history <laughs> will be opened. And there's no clear your history button, mm -hmm. right? It, 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 it's out there. And yeah, it's there's there. no private mode. Right. <laughs> and so meeting. we're all gonna stand before the throne of God. And I mean, let's just pick a category, your generosity. Mm -hmm. Jesus- God gave you everything in Jesus. And then we just look at what did you give back to God? Ooh. Right? I mean, I mean, I have Christians who passionately believe that you shouldn't give 10% back to the Lord because they're under grace, not under the law. And I'm like, okay, so when you were under the law, God gave you tablets and you gave 10%, but now you're under the blood of Jesus, the blood of his son, right? So one required stone, the other required, and you give less? Like, I'm like, what is this? Hmm. Uh, you know, you look at you look at service. You know, you look at being involved. I mean, what are you doing? And 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 so so much of this is literally about okay. I need I need to radically change my life. As a Christian, I should have a healthy fear for the day of, of judgment, and and that will help me serve and honor God because I'm called to love Him, but I also need to honor Him. And so that's what I mean by my kids. My kids know that I love them, but they must honor me. And when they're dishonoring, that's sin. You know, and even as adults, you know, I mean, I don't agree with my adult parents, but I must honor them mm -hmm. and care for them. Uh, it's one of the 10 commandments that I am not free from because I'm under Christ. I mean, the apostle Paul talks about it. It's the first commandment with a promise, honor your father and mother and you will be blessed with, you know, long years. Paul says that. So the same guy who said, we're not under the law. What the law can't do is save you, but the law can guide you. So, oh. Yeah, you guys missed that. I tweet myself. Okay. One of the things that I think helps when you talk about, I, it, it can just be so weird, like to hear the thing that Spurgeon's mom said, like, yeah, yeah we're going to agree with God's judgment and all those other kind of things. But just the, to me, I've gone to this place where I feel like, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, because being able to see from God's perspective in those moments, right. you know, like super random. Last night, I was listening to a stand-up comedian and he did this hilarious comedy routine that I think anyone would laugh at. I was laughing so hard because he was talking about his vasectomy that he had recently had. But because I, <laughs> yeah, had, I did not see that. You no, know, you didn't. You didn't <laughs> because I had recently had that exact same experience. I could see everything from his perspective, and the jokes were landing more. I just felt like I connected with it so much more. And to mm -hmm. me, it seems like in, in like in the judgment right. day or however that whole thing works out, you know, we will be able to see things from God's perspective. So even mm -hmm. the um, the the judgment that He would bring to us. Mm -hmm. we would agree with. Yeah. You know, I actually heard something. So I got to tell you this, Pastor Matt, uh, I've gone on this really deep theological journey the last two and a half years, honestly. You started talking about judgment, mm -hmm. God's judgment, early on in the debrief during our Luke series. Mm -hmm. 
when you first talked about it, I was like, no, no, no. Like, I can't handle, like, so I'm not, over the last two years, Stephanie would know this. We were in community group together. I've gone on this huge journey trying to learn more and kind of understand about this and all that stuff. I've read and listened to so much. One of the things that I heard kind of about purgatory and God's cleansing judgment that I thought was so awesome. I think this was a riff off something C.S. Lewis has said. Maybe you've mm, heard this. Right. If, you, if you've ever been to a party and you've shown up or been somewhere where you feel so underdressed, yeah. Um, like they'll let you in, you can go to the party and you could be there. Um, I think C.S. Lewis said something like this, but like this idea of the cleansing, it's almost like God, it's like a gift of God's grace. It's like an opportunity before you enter into all of eternity to like re to like get right. cleaned up, like to put on nice clothes so that when you walk into the party, um, you're, you, you know, and it's a, anyways, it's an imperfect metaphor, but it, hearing that actually made me go, you know what, this is how I can actually see this idea of the cleansing of God's, of well, however purgatory works as a process or place, mm-hmm. whatever, as actually a gift of God's grace um, to us before we enter into his kingdom. You yeah, know, absolutely. Forever. Well, and so, you know, there's two key words here, and I think you stumbled upon it. It's if you believe that your good works satisfy God, mm. you're, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ satisfies God. Yes. If you believe that on judgment day, you know the purging that takes place sanctifies you. I think it's it's correct. So we're not we're not we're not uh, going through judgment to satisfy God. Jesus Christ has done that. We're going through judgment to sancti- to be sanct to be who we're called to be. Mm-hmm. Because we we like the some of the things in us. I mean, who we who we really are is not just our flesh. It's it's deeper than that. It's more rooted in that. Right. Um, it's like, you know, for anyone who's had a friend who's battling cancer. So the challenge of battling cancer is the disease is you. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we kill part of you without killing all of you, right? Yeah. That, that's the great battle of cancer um, because your cells are behaving badly. Mm-hmm. You, you, your own flesh, right, is attacking itself and killing itself. And so that's the great challenge of that disease. Many autoimmune, autoimmune diseases, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, you know, these horribly painful diseases, your, your body's defense mechanism that is to attack foreign entities is attacking yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, so, so that's the challenge is, you know, um, and I think this is why it's so important you know, uh, and I think we'll get to this in in the series, but this is why obeying Jesus is so important. You know, the passage of love your enemies. Mm-hmm. There's the famous saying, we have seen the enemy and the enemy is us. Like the reason you need to learn to love your enemy is because you're your own greatest enemy. You have mm-hmm. to learn to love yourself. And that's part of the sanctification process. I don't, you know, love me. I, I don't see me, you know? So, I mean, you can be a doctor and be the world's, greatest person to patients, but you don't treat your family. You don't treat yourself. You know, you're not, you're not giving good care to self, good care to your family, good care to your wife, good care to your kids. You need to uh, treat yourself like you would your patient. And so, um, you know, we are our enemy. Mm-hmm. One of the things Christ came to save us from, the main thing is me, me. And that's the terrifying thing. If left to myself, I would choose hell. How mm-hmm. scary is that? Mm-hmm. If left to, if God just left me alone, I would choose hell. And it's like, man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's the thing that's just, that's just so, so scary for us is we need God every day and, and we need him to speak to our lives. So just know, um, I want you to have a healthy respect for the day of judgment, Yeah. okay? Uh, I want you to know that you're gonna stand before God and your life will be evaluated, right? Paul, mm-hmm. the apostle Paul, the author of, saved by grace alone, you know, that guy said, right, specifically, yes, we must all give a personal account to God. Mm-hmm. It's not judgment that leads to death, but it is judgment that may lead to some suffering or some so, loss. I mean, right. that's the word. Uh, Paul says, you may suffer loss. Mm-hmm. And so um, many of the things that we thought we 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 earned in life, we, we're going to watch them burn up because, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, I mean, I could stand there before God. Oh my gosh, I had this church of thousands of people. And it's like, you know, here's what you actually had because here's where your motive was. Here was your heart was. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I, we, we just need to be ready on that. And, and again, I'm pushing against a society that says God is just love. He loves whatever you do, right? Right. He's just this forgiving grandpa. And, and I just think you need to remember 
Look at what he did to his own son. Mm -hmm. What is going to happen to you as you stand before the throne of God and you are not the unique only begotten son Mm -hmm. and you stand there knowing what God did to write his relationship with you, knowing what God did to give you eternal life. And we sit there and look at your life and we look at what you did with that. Mm-hmm. You did whatever you wanted. You went wherever you wanted. You you thought only about yourself, right? You were still completely consumed with self. What what do we do with that selfish person? And so a lot of us think, right? God just snaps his fingers and then all of a sudden you're just different. And that doesn't always help people. And mm-hmm. so like we're gonna stand before God as through fire and we're going to stand before him and the things that are in our life that need to be changed will be changed and change tends to be mm-hmm. somewhat painful. painful. Yeah. How, how appropriate even... does it feel for the three of us to be having this conversation right now, trapped in this little cement box with no air conditioning? Yeah. It just, yeah. it's like so yeah, I'm watching the degree kick up. Yeah, I wish like our listeners yeah. and- Well, I have a tank top on, so I'm good. I know, you prepared. But I even think that the idea of even God even judging believers mm-hmm. even frees us up, I think, for forgiveness, to, yeah. to actually forgive others, knowing oh, like, it's not yes. just- yeah. yeah, I was thinking about yeah. that. Like, oh, Haven't like, well, then it. we yeah. can forgive other believers. It's not like, oh, well, they're just going to get a free pass and go into heaven and mm-hmm. get to experience all the great things. Like, they will be judged by God as well. And I was just thinking about that. Like, it frees us up to forgive others, knowing no even believers are going to face God's judgment for the wrong that we've done. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I and I, so much of what we say sounds stupid. You know, I remember, I, I think it was in the 1980s. Was Jeffrey Dahmer from the 80s? Sure. The guy yeah. that, I can't remember which one. We both one. don't have a very good recollection, yeah. so yeah, probably. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, the, guy, the guy from up in Seattle area, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he would like literally pose as a, a handicapped person who needed mm-hmm. help and, you know, throw people in the van and kill them. If and, he doesn't have a Netflix miniseries, I don't really know. Yeah. yeah so he least. was terrible. Well, Chuck Swindoll went and met with him. So think about it. Oh, Chuck yeah. Swindoll mm-hmm. went and met with him and, oh, he came to Christ. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah. You know, the, the, the church, I thought the church just looked ridiculously stupid. Mm-hmm. And so- Right, because his sins are washed away. And, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. You know, uh, the book of Revelation specifically addresses murderers, mm-hmm. specifically. And so, you know, wh- what I would say is, is I don't know whether this guy is saved or not. Uh, he's going to stand before God like we all will, mm-hmm. and, and the truth will come out. And Paul tells us that. He says, stop judging each other. Wait for the day. Again, the day. When you read that, the day, it's the day of judgment. When the truth comes out, it mm-hmm. comes out. And the motives, right? Um, my my girls love The Bachelorette, and I I just can't stand it. Uh, sorry, I think you like it too. The Bachelor. I have stopped Bachelor. watching it, but okay. I do wow. like it. I do like it. So it's right, self control. So, right. So the thing is that, that drives me crazy is when you have twenty women all arguing over whose motives are right <laughs> to find their spouse on national TV, and I'm just like, you're all whacked. Like this is this is not. Hey, let's travel around the world and act like we're billionaires and be dressed. I mean, this is n- none of this is real. Mm-hmm. But, but haters gonna hate, right? So <laughs> it, none of their motives are right, and so we need yeah. to be really careful. Like, like we just need to know, man. <laughs> yeah. All of our motives are going to be revealed. Why did I do what I did? And um, as the older I get, the more skeptical I am of, of my motives. Mm-hmm. Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? Yeah. Well, and I just wish I had like, I wish I had this knowledge in college. Cause I remember even one of my college roommates, I, all my roommates in college weren't believers or they had grown up like around the church, but weren't really, I remember her mm-hmm. and I talking about, she's like, well, do you think like I'm going to hell if I'm not a Christian? And I froze up and probably didn't say anything. Um, and she's like, well, like, she's like, I don't understand what the big deal with Christianity is. She's like, you can just confess at the end of your life right before you die. Like, oh, I believe in Jesus and be good to go. And I wish I'd had this background of knowing like, no, actually, God's going to judge all of us. Yeah, I wish I'd known that because I think that could have led to a much deeper conversation. Totally. Because that—that's right. Christians sound foolish. Like, oh, if you just believe in your heart and mm-hmm. confess that Jesus is Lord, you're good to go. You're saved. Like everything's fine. Yeah. And she sort of threw that. I was like, well, I can just say that before I die, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I just wish I had known, had totally. this knowledge then. Yeah. Right. Here's what I would say: is Christians are going to survive judgment. Mm-hmm. Non-Christians are not. They're not, they're not going to make it. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not going to be able to stand before the Almighty God. Yeah. The only reason we can is because of the blood of Jesus and the loving arms of Christ. Mm-hmm. That, is, mm-hmm. that is the only way we're going to get through. Um, however, um, you know, many of us, I think, are striving for and trying to live the best possible life we can live and serve God with everything that we have. Um, and again, what we want to hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a little things, now now go into a lot. So think about James and John, the two brothers who asked Jesus, 
you know, their mom actually asks, you know, hey, my mom wants to know who gets to sit at your right and your left. Mom. And Jesus doesn't say no one, hmm. right? Because there is rank. So a lot of people have a hard time with it. There is rank in the kingdom, right? There's the king, there's bishops, there's, you know, there's, we don't live in a kingdom where, where people actually have more authority, more power. Like we, we live in this socialist utopia where everyone's equal and it's like, look, it's a kingdom and authority will be dispensed based upon how did you live? What did you do for my kingdom, right? He's a king and he's going to dispense reward. He's going to dispense authority. Um, and thank God, you know, uh, we're not gonna sing forever, right? We're gonna actually <laughs> do stuff and um, there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. And, um, you know, it's interesting. So, so you think about, right, just this idea that uh, transformation is instant. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about that song, um, the river that flows out of the New Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. There's a tree that produces fruit 12 months out of the year, and it is for the healing of the nations. Why does there need to be healing? If, if everything's per right. So there's there's this process. And, 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 and if you just think about it, right? True transformation takes time. Mm -hmm. it, it just does. Yep. And oh, yeah. an instant anything isn't good, mm -hmm. right? I, you know, what? what's better, instant food? Or, I mean, come on. We, right. What we want is, right, you want that, that process to take time. The challenge is, and so here's where I think that the Catholic understanding of purgatory, and a lot of people will tell you it was invented in the 12th, 4th century. Man, I can show you uh, early church fathers like Origen and yeah. a lot of other names that many have never heard of. The idea has always been there because it's alluded to in scripture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it's just got in, tweaked with like- It got tweaked over time. Stuff. But the problem is, right, again, we're trying to understand the mystery of judgment. Yeah. So we try to provide clarity and so we create heresy. So what, you know, what would purgatory look like now? What would look like a cell where you sat in a cell and, you know, you're in there for a long time? Well, judgment exists outside of time. So we don't even have a category mm -hmm. for that. So we just have to understand whatever it is, I need to prepare for- I'm going to stand before the almighty God and be judged for how I lived. And again, the only time I've heard about it in our culture is when Pope John Paul died. It's the only time I've ever, I've ever heard, you know, even like with Billy Graham, you know, he's in, he's in glory, you know, and he's, yeah. and it's like, well, yes, he is because of the blood of Jesus Christ, but he was also accountable uh, for how he lived. Mm -hmm. what, what did he do? What, was he perfect? Was he Jesus? No, mm -hmm. he was not. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, Billy Graham talks, you know, I've heard him talk openly about things that he would do differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so, so you know, Billy Graham had to stand before the almighty throne of God, as will I. And I know, because I've repented of my sins and placing my faith in trust of Jesus Christ, that I am saved. Um, but I also know that I, there's, a, there's a lot of things that need to be changed in me. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so let's let's talk about that, and okay. let's use this to close. Mm -hmm. If anybody's been listening to your sermon, has listened to uh, this, this podcast, <laughs> they're certainly interested in, as Hebrews twelve one says, uh, throwing off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now you're great at throwing off sleeves that so easily <laughs> entangle, uh, but Savannah wrote in and says, "How do we practically accomplish that? Throwing off sin is easier said than done." I know we're going to talk about this more in the coming weeks, mm -hmm. but for people who are listening, let's give yeah. them some hope and some some guidance. Yeah, I think with most most things, uh, the key to changing is relationships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, th that's just the reality. And, and at some point, I want to talk about that. You know, you know, one of the great challenges in America is racism today, and I, and I believe that is because we're we're less relational now than ever. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to be skeptical of people of a different color skin, but if you have a friend that's black or a friend that's white, because you have a relationship, right? Relationship defeats racism every time, and mm -hmm. so the. God uses hurtful people and he turns them into holy people who help heal us, right? So that's what he does is we've all been wounded by people, and but God uses people to heal us. And so mm -hmm. we need to get in relationships, people that are sincere in their love of God and their love of you. And they're gonna walk with you through your hurt, through your pain and through your suffering. And um, you, just, you just need people to help you unpack stuff. The problem is you need people that are awake. And, and and even at Sandals, not everyone's awake. Some people are completely asleep to their sin, everybody else's sin, and they're going through religious motions. Um, and and just, just know this, the problem isn't what we do. The problem is who we are. That's that's the great challenge of, of sin. It's in us, it is us, right? We've seen the enemy and he is us. Um, you know, so so just know that we, we have to deal relationally with our problems. So. 
you know, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, right? The whole question is, you know, um, what involvement did Russia have in our elections? Here's, here's what we know the Russians did. The Russians stirred up all kinds of doubt and mistrust in the democratic process on the left and the right. That's what they did. They were involved in both. And what they were doing, though, is they're stirring up things that were already there. Mm -hmm. They can't inflame what's not there. So a lot of this racial stuff that came up and, you know, these, these incredibly racist tweets, by a lot of them were Russians doing this stuff or saying this or that. Well, all they're doing is, right, is they're inflaming what's there. Mm -hmm. That's all that the world can do. The world can only stir up what's already in your heart. So so we have to look at that. And, man, it's ugly and it's sad. And um, have you had any super frustrating moments where something came out of you when you haven't slept with your kid yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? I've had I mean, to apologize to my baby for getting mad at her when yeah. she's a baby. Yeah. What is your problem? Are you yeah. two weeks old? I maybe said that two nights ago. That's yeah. Fine. Right. So... <laughs> And, and and what's what's being exposed, mm -hmm. right? Because you're tired, because yeah. you're human. Um, I'm selfish and I don't want people messing with my sleep. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, man, there you go. Yeah. So. No, no, so, no, so, no, yeah. baby. So you got to get, you got to get, uh, you got to get in community and mm -hmm. real community. Um, you know, right now, I, you know, I'm in a great small group where everybody's, no one's perfect. We're all a mess. We're, we're all hurting, but we're, we're committed to challenge each other to grow and to change and, and to be able to share things. And um, here's what I would say for anybody really struggling with sin. If you continue to work on it, you continue to fight it, eventually God will give you victory. But here's the thing, here's the lie we believe. Like if, if, you know, if, if I'm a guy struggling with porn, I believe that porn's my issue. Porn is not my issue. I'm my issue. Mm -hmm. So I have to get to the place where I can figure out what's happening in me that I allow myself as a child of God to be sexually satisfied by adultery. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what, that, that's what it is. You're watching non-married people have, I mean, right. It's, it's, what is it about me that's gratified that way? And how do I push through that? Why is it that I'm so not generous when it comes to the offering time? Mm -hmm. It's not about the money. It's about me. What is it about me? Why can't I release this? And, um, and, and so just so you know, when it comes to tithing, the issue isn't all about money. It's you don't believe God can provide. That's mm -hmm. the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It's a violation of the first commandment. Those shall have no other gods but by me. You're saying I am a better supplier of myself than God is. I'm God. I'll take care of my needs. And that's why God, Paul says, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory mm -hmm. that is in Christ Jesus. So every, every, so every week, right, it's not about the offering. It's about who's God. And, and I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust God. Uh, I'm going to believe in him. And so we, we just need to do that and trust that. And, and just so you know, um, you know, I was having a great talk with uh, one of our missionaries that's back in town and uh, he's studying Abraham and he just said something that was so great. Abraham believed God for all the big things and sinned greatly in the little things. <laughs> so here's Abraham, right? He, he trusted God to go to a land that he didn't know where it was, but he couldn't trust God to protect his marriage. Twice, right? Oh, to Abimelech, oh, that's not my wife. Like the little things, like yeah. he can't, he can trust God in everything, but he can't trust God for a kid. Like these little, he just constantly sends in these little things. And for a lot of us, you know, we, we on, on a macro level, we, we believe in God, but on a micro level, we don't trust God in anything. And so how do mm -hmm. I trust God on my commute, at my work, in my relationship with my kids? When I'm, it's two in the morning and I'm frustrated with my little kid. Um, you know, when I'm just in PRD and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have, all the children in Riverside living in our house. <laughs> you know, how, how do we do this? And uh, how do I trust God in these moments? Um, and, and that's just so important. So just let me say this unequivocally, because I know some of you are going to get this twisted. Sandals Church believes in salvation through grace and grace alone. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. We are not talking about salvation. We are talking about saved people standing before God and be held accountable for what they did. These are real verses that we need to wrestle with that we should have a healthy fear of. God, I'm not ready. I am not ready. Um, Jesus could come today. He could come tomorrow. Man, he could come a thousand years from now. I don't know when he's coming. Jesus said, I'm not going to know when he's coming. He says, I don't know mm -hmm. when I'm coming. Only the Father yeah. it knows when, when the end is up. And so we need to be ready and... Um, and I just want to encourage you to, to live a life where you understand one day you're going to stand before God and be held accountable. 
And for a lot of you, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. And I don't know what it's going to be like. And anybody that tells you they know, they don't know. Just be ready and say, God, what I want to talk about is how I served you, how I loved you, how I followed you, how I believed you. Those are the things that I want to talk about. And I'm hoping that our conversation is minimally about how I serve myself, how I live for myself, how I followed my passions, my desires. And, um, you know, and it's, again, it comes down to your identity. Who are you? What are you? Uh, saying I'm a Christian should mean something, and it means very little nowadays. Well, one of the things I know you can do to be ready for Judgment Day is to make a donation to support the debrief and what God is doing here <laughs> at Sandals Church. Yeah, Just text yeah. GIVE and Remember, any number that here. God puts on your heart to 951-900-4120. I, right. I think I got that right. I feel like I pretty much took what you shared over this last lovely hour, and I just nailed it. Pretty sure Pastor Matt Brown does not approve of that statement. Yeah. All right, fair enough. He'll probably <laughs> approve of the donations. Hey! Mm. I don't know. We certainly appreciate show. it. Welcome back. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Man, dude, it's it's pretty cool uh, just because we've got... Uh, so you you went to Israel. There was debrief listeners that don't mm-hmm. even go to one of our local campuses because they yeah, just... Yeah, I met a guy from... Came. from so cool. uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Australia. Yeah, it was in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, a guy from Canada. Still not sure where he is. I think he said Edmonton, but I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. Drop Calgary. us a note. Yeah, his name's Ross. Cool dude. Uh, Craig from uh, Canada. And we had another brother from uh, Missouri that was on our trip, so cool. and those three guys so were together. He actually has been in here, uh, came out and visited us locally. But it's, awesome. it's just really, really cool, man. I'd love to do something sometime where we just travel around the world and, and interview people from Sandals Church because it's literally a gl- we're a global uh, church. Down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can just strap my kid in a carrier. Let's do this. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm, hey, not, I'm not there's... getting with you on a plane with your little kid. For All hours. kinds of good fair, stuff. Fair. All kinds of good stuffs going on. We're super excited uh, to be back from our summer break. Thanks for letting us yeah. go on vacay. And uh, this is episode 114, so you can go to slash 114 and we'll see right. you, you back. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Do Get that. clips from the show. Share it with your friends because we're back. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.